The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. We're also brought to you by IPVanish. IPVanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Discord. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland, and uh, if you've been listening to all the Delmar episodes this week, you know I've, I've dubbed this uh, four-episode week Podcella, uh, since last week was the Podstravaganza. We're on the West Coast. It's like Coachella for pods. It's Podcella. And how do you bring the house down at Podcella? I bring in horse racing's equivalent. Of a holographic Tupac. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Josh Rodriguez, Mr. At Cherry Drank. Sometimes we just call him Cherry. Sometimes we call him Josh. We call him a lot of things. Many things not to his face. Josh, how's it going, man? Welcome to the show again. You get, look at it. I'm coming with the energy. Last time I was like fucking asleep uh, you were when you were on. So uh, I'm, I'm giving you uh, all, all the energy you deserve, baby. Well, it was also funny because I was actually traveling for work and I had just basically driven three and a half, three, three and a half hours, unpacked all my stuff and was just ready to go to record in just some random room on my yeah. laptop. So, uh, yeah, it's good to actually be in, in my home base uh, to record with you here. Uh, it, feels, it feels like old times again here. Um, I do suck the energy out of you like like just like a work conference in an embassy suites uh well i think we were in a holiday inn express i don't even think we were in nbc nbc suites i think might be a half half star up i'm not sure oh maybe um but uh i i do have to say you said holographic tupac um Ooh. with our discussion last night i would have i would have gone with maybe uh john coltrane uh yeah we did we did talk about making jazz today yeah so. yes absolutely i i you know I'm glad you bring this up. I uh, it, I kind of felt the other night that I was ha, was almost just like handicapping to say that I had like gotten done with getting picks picks done, and I realized that I I wasn't spent. You know, wasn't like you know with any good relationship, you got to put some time in, you got to put some effort, you got to you know. Get, get your spouse flowers, things like that. Well, I wasn't getting the flowers, you know, I needed to, to really kind of focus in and like slow down and, and take my time and everything. And so I did. And so I had a really just kind of rewarding day with like Saratoga afterwards and uh, mostly due to Josh's influence and uh, of a mer due to a merman named old Greg. Uh, I've recently just been rewatching the mighty Boosh. So uh, there's a great thing about jazz and being in a jazz trance that, uh, that Josh and I went into um because if many many people don't know this uh josh is just i don't know what to what you know the rembrandt of the saxophone i'm gonna cross cross uh genres there 
I'm definitely probably one of the top, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 uh, saxophonists in uh, my small town of like 20,000. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's not the meaty part of the bell curve. You're definitely on the on the uh, the upper end of it, like 80th percentile. You know, yeah. I'm just actually I'm kind of laughing because I I've never actually looked up how many people live in my, my town, <laughs> and I was not even close. It's like almost sixty thousand. Okay, all right, good old suburbs, good old suburbs. Up. It's just one one town just melds into the other. So you like you don't know you're surrounded by millions of people. Do you have your own Costco? Uh, we do not. I have to drive to Naperville, and if anybody knows anything about Illinois, they know they know about Naperville. Yep, this is true. So, Josh is here. We've been just kind of going after pick fives all week at Del Mar. Uh, we are wrapping up Podcella with the late pick five for Del Mar on Sunday. It's a pretty good little sequence. Do you have any just kind of you know overarching thoughts for this uh, this pick five? No, it's pretty good. I have. Uh, I'm I'm going to be pretty skinny here. Uh, in general, I think I have one, potentially two horses I'm going to try and single. Um, and it's more, usually when I single a horse, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I think that that horse is a stone cold lock to win. It's just, sometimes it's just, the, it's the, the best choice out of, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, a, a huge, uh, pile of shit. Uh, yeah, huge, well, not a huge pile of shit, but like you kind of like look at the horse and like it's like, man, like six of these horses look exactly the same. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not using six of these horses. Right. So, um, you know, sometimes I, I look for one that, that stands out a little bit to me. Uh, you got you got big fields in this uh, late pick five. You got big fields basically all weekend at Del Mar, which is just amazing. Yeah. And then you have, I think, very competitive races. Mm-hmm. Um, so this. This is a tough sequence, uh, and usually the tougher the sequence, the the skinnier I get, um, yeah. just because you know I'm trying to, I'm trying to to turn a little bit into a lot, right? And, right. and my biggest scores have all come on twenty four dollar tickets, oddly enough. So, um, yeah. you know, just just try to keep it skinny here. Um, I, and I think maybe in this first race is probably be the most spread I'm going to be, but um, yeah, I, I think it's a great sequence. Well, let's let's go ahead. Let's jump into it. First race is going to be race seven. Uh, post time is going to be eight oh three Eastern. Josh and I are in the Central, seeing uh, a horse, you know, a horse race not under the lights start at eight oh three Central time is just like mind boggling uh, to me. It's just I I also uh, am a flat earther, so I don't understand how this whole curvature thing. I don't think time zones are real. Uh, but it's nine furlongs, which is a mile and an eighth it's on the turf. It is a optional claimer. Uh, claiming price of $80,000. And there are some conditions in there that I'm not going to read because, like I say, it's like trying to make sense of an SAT word problem. They're worth paying attention to. Don't get me wrong. Please pay attention to those things. You can find some things there, uh, but I'm not going to make you listen to me fumble through it. But it's for three-year-olds and up. Uh, man, as my mother always said, guess first. Who you yeah. got, baby? You know, I really like this race. Um, I looked at this race, and I saw two horses – that I'm going to kind of key in on that were, you know, middle prices. Your morning line favorite here is going to be three to one. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of these, a lot of these horizontal sequences are going to play longer. I feel like if you take, you know, one of those middle prices or a long shot, um, just because people are going to eat, people are going to have to spread 
Or if they if they try and just single, you know, single like let's say the the six horse here, the Phil Damato horse that's gonna go off as your favorite, mm-hmm. uh, or the seven, Neptune Storm. Uh, I, I I think both those horses can win. Um I think that both of them might be up against it a little bit pace wise because yeah. I feel like there's I'm not saying that there's blazing speed in here, but I feel like there's enough speed that I, I kind of want to look elsewhere. Um, my top pick actually is going to be the th- three Shadow Sphinx uh, for Kristen Mulhall and Jose Valdivia Jr. Yes, I love Jose Valdivia Jr. from his days at Arlington, my home track, uh, yep. or ex-home track. But, um, you know, coming off two straight wins and optional claiming, uh, and I just feel like we're going to want somebody coming from off the pace and this three horse shadow sphinx has definitely has some late kick there uh last time you know was at first call was eighth by seven lengths and you know ended up winning by a neck and i don't know i just think jose jose knows his horse and you know i think the seven-year-old's got got a good shot here i mean two one and oh in three starts here at del mar and you know i'm gonna take five to one and and be pretty happy about it um the other horse I was pretty interested in was the one, Greg Dar. Uh, oddly enough, not named after our boy Murphy, uh, Mr. Greg Callawag, but yeah. uh, but we It'd pretend be named it after is. Murphy if Murphy was a dinosaur, the, <laughs> the fearsome Greg Dar. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, you know, actually, he's probably he's probably more of a Gregosaurus if we're gonna be if we're gonna be real here. So yeah. But, he- uh, there's a trucking company that every time like one of their semis dri- drives by me and I see the name, which is Celadon, I just think of like, you know, fear the herbivore Celadon as it swings its tail to fight off velociraptors. All right. Yeah. Uh, so Greg Dar, who else? are you using anyone else there? Um, yeah. So Greg Dar is a uh, one for one at Del Mar, one for one at the distance. So I think, you know, Ramon Vasquez is a heck of a rider. So I think this is going to set up pretty pretty nice here for for the one horse um i i'm gonna kind of use a, a b or c type horse i don't really do the whole abc nonsense that uh uh my compatriot uh, mark capitan does yeah. um but if for some reason maybe some of these uh west coast jocks get a little I know, a little gun shy um i think the nine is your speed mm-hmm. the nine is 20 to one on the morning line and you know, if for some reason this this is just a a merry-go-round, I mean, this nine I think could get kind of loose, um, assuming someone like the seven or six doesn't full send. I mean, even a five has got some early speed, I think. Um, so I'm going to use the nine a little at least on one or two tickets, just so that way I kind of have coverage also on the front end, along with my two kind of off the pace horses in the one and the three. You know, you mentioned uh, something that I consider to be one of the one of the three hardest things uh, on the planet. One being getting blood out of a turnip. Two, getting OJ Simpson out of a Bronco. And three, getting Mark Capitan to talk about only one horse in a race. Um, <laughs> I remember we were doing an on the wrong lead uh, stream with Josh and uh, Mark, and we were like, "All right, guys, like we need to be quick, so we're all just going to pick one horse and go go with it." He's like, "Yeah, but the thing is, I'm going to take five. All right. I I agreed with Greg Dar. I actually really liked Greg Dar uh, quite a bit. Uh, for one, I you know, I, I'm someone who's watched a lot of Ramon Vasquez riding horses uh, through my, my handicapping career with him being an Oakland local. Really happy for him that he moved his tack out west. I think that there's a lot of good opportunities for people from the, the Midwest and other 
you know, not necessarily small, but smaller circuits to get out there and kind of fill a void that uh, people like uh, Flavian Pratt uh, ha- has left uh, whenever he moved east. But I, I kind of agreed with you on the pace. I didn't think, well, I didn't necessarily think it got like smoking hot by any means. Uh, so I, I kind of liked the, the the first run horses because I didn't think that who I projected as the the two horses on the lead, uh, Neptune Storm and Seattle Bold, or were, were really candidates to kind of clip, you know, kick free on the front. So I, I liked Greg Dar uh, saving ground on the rail trip, and then uh, my second choice. I only went too deep here. Uh, Rip City four to one. Um, I mean, another one that just kind of fits is going to be sitting basically right off of those early run horses. And if they run out of steam, which I assume they are, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, Greg Dar and Rip City that both kind of like break free and it's going to be up to the closers to catch, but they're not going to have very much pace to target, I don't think. So I, I'm I'm too deep. Look at that. We agreed on a horse. <laughs> look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Uh, one thing I, I do want to note, um, and this is something that we've kind of started doing uh, at on the wrong lead, just because so many times we you know we cap these ahead of time, and then all of a sudden day of, uh, just it starts raining, or mm-hmm. all of a sudden you know uh, Wesley Ward decides he's going to take his ball and go home and scratch all his horses for some yeah. reason. Um, if the between the five, the six, and the seven, and the nine. If you get one or maybe even two of those horses scratching, I think you kind of got to relook at this race again. Oh, totally uh, agree. And, ta- yeah. and, take a, and take a closer look at those horses. I, I liked your five. Um, you know, I, I just don't know tactically where he's going to be, and I think he could kind of get a little mixed in there with the um, with the the pace scenario. But like, if the six or the seven scratch out and the nine scratch out, uh, I mean, I'm taking whoever's left in there. Right. Um, just because I, I feel like then all of a sudden the pace dynamic changes. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. It's that's something I, Josh brings up is just an excellent point, which is we are doing, sometimes we're doing these like two days in advance. Like there's a lot that could change. I mean, I, I think at Saratoga, how many times have we had like forecasts for just clear skies and all of a sudden just fucking great lakey wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald weather shows up and just pisses all over the track and our dreams. So it's you always got to be flexible in these things. I mean, they, it started raining, or they they took a, a race off the turf as they were loading into the gate for the first race. Uh, was was that this week Thursday or Wednesday? Mine was blown by the way that they they let you go all. They said that you know they they gave you the all burger in that sequence. But I also know that whoever had got that race right had to be losing their fucking minds. Yeah, I I ended up being live and then dead again after they announced that. So. Yeah, so Josh lost, you know, lost his fucking mind. <laughs> uh, moving on, we got the uh, great stakes in the sequence. It is the mile and a half, twelve furlong, the Cougar. It is for three years old and upwards. There's one horse in here that I cannot get on the right side of. I do know one thing though. I have a single. Um, yes, I'm. I'm saying I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle? Yeah. Now- Are you single? Who do you got? I I mean, I took Tis the Magician, and I didn't really think about this race much harder than that. Um, Tis the Magician should get out there on the front end, set a... I mean, it's a mile and a half. He's going to set the pace, and, and I don't think anyone's going to catch him. Um, I The only other horse I would be somewhat interested in would be maybe the three Haywoods Beach, but I 
in a short short field marathon with such a overwhelming favorite um I'm not going to use both the two short prices here. So I'm going to, I'm going to single tis magician, uh, strongest opinion in this race. I, uh, when I say this, I want everyone to keep in mind that I have, I don't want anything bad to happen, uh, to this horse, but with a tis, tis magician, uh, fuck this horse's whole life, fam. I cannot get on the right side of that horse. So I'm singling Haywood's beach. Um, I don't know. It seems like Haywood's Beach just has one of those, uh, you know, kind of contra patterns, just A B A B sort of thing. It's coming off a of turf. It really popped at a mile and an eighth at Del Mar, uh, it, you know, uh, July last year. You know, big, big layoff. Um, then raced again in May. They started in the Shoemaker, which I don't understand that spot. Um, I also just trust that Ronis and Sadler fuckery will get the job done. Uh, a lot of the time, so I, I lean towards the the bastards in the green silks with uh, Haywood's Beach. Uh, Mister, uh, the aforementioned Gregory Callaway is actually a part owner of Tis Magician. He's got a whole point zero one percent through my racehorse, I believe. Fuck Greg's whole dinosaur <laughs> life, fam. Um, no, I love Murph. I, that's one of my regrets from going to the Breeders' Cup last year. Was I? I was. I was trying to record some things, but I was also trying to meet up with Greg and I just couldn't make it happen. And then my phone died. And then I was like, well, that's it. I don't, I've lost all connection with the world. This is how I see things through this tiny screen. So we are two races through. We're about to get right into the middle of this. But before we do that, we're going to get a word in from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. And if you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet the MLB. And now, bet $500 on sports or in the casino before July 31st, 2022. Get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. I'm talking your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that's just like getting nine months for free. 
IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. Welcome back, everybody, to the Notorious OTV. I say it every episode, if you're just joining us, fucking just pre- press the start over button because it's a fucking podcast. You don't have to live like you, you're in the 80s anymore. But, like I said, welcome back to the Notorious OTV. It's mine. I'm going to spell my name one more time. Check it. It's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S. You just lay down slow. I'm going to keep using those till Valetta Wallace tells me to stop. <laughs> Moving on, it is race nine. Uh, going a mile on the turf, eight furlongs, which is the Wicker Stakes. Wicker with two R's. That just feels that just feels excessive. Uh, it's a hundred k purse, and it's for three year olds and upward. Um, there are also some weird conditions with that one. Uh, it's not like a California bread or anything. It's just it's got weird conditions. Uh, a little bit of weight allowances, so weight might be a factor here. Uh, th- this is one of those big old wide open tough races that that Josh was uh mentioning so uh i have the benefit of being the host i'm gonna make him go first so i can counter off of what he says or totally agree with it josh i'm gonna counter yours with a question oh isn't this a very odd spot for smooth like straight yes 100 isn't this a little fishy yes i mean this horse was running in grade ones and grade twos and all of a sudden they're like eh 100k purse good enough for me right Rispoli has ridden this horse every single time uh last time they went to Pratt uh partially I think because Rispoli was technically in Calif- in Kentucky and then I think he like decided to go back to California after yeah. Pratt you know there's a bunch of nonsense there so Rispoli doesn't get back up that he goes to Juan which I mean maybe he just was not happy with the way Rispoli was riding the horse anymore but I mean I don't know this feels just very, very odd to me. Um, super suspicious. Uh, if if this were a Brisnet PP, it should say uh, suspicious drop in class in there. But uh, right. actually, the Brisnet PP does not say that. But it, it just it gives it as a benefit as a, as a drop in class. But it, it stinks. <laughs> it stinks to high heaven. It does. It's like you know. It's like uh, was it Limburger cheese? Right. I mean, yeah. some people like it. I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, I'd like it's, to think. Uh, thank uh you know bugs bunny cartoons uh that were made in like the 1950s for teaching me as a child that limburger cheese was the the worst smelling thing on the planet <laughs> um i mean this horse should win this race um i hate to be i hate to be mark capitan and use a horse defensively but i don't know i we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll see what my medal is tomorrow uh uh, when this race, at, when, when I actually see what happens in this race, um, if we get any scratches or if Smooth Like Straight happens to scratch or something, I don't know. Um, but the horse, it, as it stands, the horse I'm actually most interested in is going to be the nine horse, Indian Peak. Uh, the aforementioned Ramon Vasquez, your your friend and mine, mm-hmm. um, for Peter Miller. And, you know, I think that this horse absolutely needs a pace setup. this is one of those horses that just need needs pace in front of him to win and i think he's going to get it here 
yeah. mean, smooth like straight is going to be on the front end. Uh, you got uh, the former juvenile champion, Storm the Court, who's going to be on the front end. Kentucky Pharaoh is going to want to be on the front end. Yeah. And then you got a couple others that may at some point decide to also join and throw their hat in the ring. Um, and this isn't New York. I feel like these riders will ride their horses. If they have a speed horse, they are going to the front. Um, yeah. So with all that said, I think that Indian Peak is going to get the pace setup that he needs for this. Um, you're going to get eight to one. I, I think that's a great price. And honestly, outside the smooth like straight, I don't know if I need any other horses besides uh, Indian Peak in this spot. Um, you know, you see those six and a half races uh, down the, and, and you might think, oh, well, maybe this horse is a sprinter, but you got to remember at Santa Anita, when they go down the hill, those are usually milers. Yeah. The milers tend to do better there. So, I mean, this horse loves running at a mile. Um, I actually loved this horse, I believe, in the um, the San Simeon, the grade three, and he came up just short um, to Barraza, but uh, at, at a huge price. He was like 20 to one. Um, so I, I'm going to I'm going to stick with Indian Peak here. I think uh, going to get that pace set up and I think he's the closer you want here. I mean, for me, when it comes to smooth like straight right now, don't, 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 don't believe the hype. This is a weird spot, and I don't like it. Josh is right. This stinks to high heaven. And just honestly, even if I thought it was a good spot, spot for Smooth Like Straight, this horse is up against it from a pace standpoint. There's going to be a bunch of – I mean, unless we get a, a, a few uh, early speed horses that decide that they don't want to try to run like Smooth Like Straight, they scratch out. I don't see it happening, though. I think that they smell blood in the water. And I know all about that because I've been watching Shark Fest on Nat Geo. So – I'm going to spread out a little bit more. Uh, I've gone too deep. I've singled. I can afford to go more than too deep here. I'm going three deep. Uh, one of them is going to be Gregorian Chant. Uh, horses, you know, run fairly well at Del Mar. It's a, kind of a, a fixture in, in these uh, these West Coast kind of non-graded stakes, it feels like. Um, the other one's going to be the, the aforementioned Indian Peak. He already talked about him, so I'm going to let Josh's words ring true. Uh, and then the last one is going to be how do you if you if you love america how do you not bet on a horse named fucking majestic eagle for the love of god um this that's one that's dropped out of uh graded stakes company because it ran in the daytona it ran in the american uh it was in the charlie whittingham which by the way i mean they called charlie whittingham the bald eagle i believe um this horse makes sense dropping out of graded stakes though because it is way more of a non-graded stakes kind of performer. So I think this horse is in the right spot. Uh, and I will be dropping a win bet on Majestic Eagle. Uh, if that, if I do think Smooth Like Straight is going to take a ton of money because people are going to see this be like, oh, Smooth Like Straight, oh, no problem. Uh, 12 to 1, I expect that to float. I'm going to, I think I'm going to get this horse close to 20 to 1. All right. That. Is race nine. We're moving into the penultimate leg. It's one mile on the dirt. $40,000 optional claimer. Once again, there are some conditions. Get the people. Um, you know, they're like, they cost like three fifty. dollars You can't borrow it from me. I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> um, I will say, I'm probably not going to use I might use this horse. I might not. But I'm interested uh, in Street Ruckus just for the, the Uncle Ruckus uh, implication there with it but go ahead josh who do you got 
Uh, well, I thought you were going to continue with your American theme and go with the nine, Hail Freedom. Uh, Hail Freedom had been running uh, on the turf almost exclusively, and uh, last time out ran in a state-bred optional claimer, uh, mile in the dirt, and just ran them off their feet. And if you look on Brisnet or any other PPs, I'm sure on time form these, these are color-coded red, um, I mean, set some wicked fractions, 22 and 3, 45 and 4, and still won. Um, when I look at this race, I see a ton of speed. But when I see a horse like this that can kind of that can set just absolutely wicked fractions and still hold on, I mean, I kinda, I'm kind of hard-pressed to, to bet against. And you get Mike Smith to stay aboard um, and... You know, if there's one thing Mike Smith knows how to do is get a horse out of the gate, get on the front end, and just go. Um, yeah. uh, the so best in the game at just letting a horse do what's in his heart. He t- he tells no horse what to do. He just gets them running fast and then just holds on. Very rarely do you see like Mike's like like Mike Smith do something, and you're and like like basically you got like on one end you kind of got like Mike Smith, and on the mm-hmm. other end you got like Joel Rosario, right? Who just yeah. does whatever the fuck he wants, and right. sometimes he's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sometimes he does the wrong thing, but he's still right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, generally, you know, uh, and actually what's funny is I think Mike Smith has been riding pretty decent on the turf now, too. I don't know if he's just like maybe starting to take other people's advice and like actually, like, I don't know. He I think he's just kind of learned that one run, uh, which a lot of those uh, those turf uh, horses need to do. But um, even though he's like 60, I don't know. Uh, I guess I guess you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but uh, yeah, I, I like Hail Freedom here. Um, just in case uh, this does get very wicked on the front end, and Hail Freedom can't hang on. Uh, the other horse I was interested in is the uh, the eight Divine Armor, Joe Bravo, George Papadromo. Um, I, I just think this is the best closer in the race. Uh, last time out, ran uh, at a mile at Santa Anita. Actually, closed into a fairly slow pace there. Um, and, and still won, and that's that's usually a positive for me. Uh, you do lose JJ Hernandez, and you get um, uh, you get uh, Joe Bravo, but on a closing type, uh, I, I don't mind Joe Bravo. I think he does better on those types of horses. Uh, he's he's not he's not the the aggressive type on the front end, so I think this horse kind of matches his uh, his riding style. So I'm gonna use the eight and the nine, kind of chalky here, but. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I got some strong opinions earlier with at some prices I can I can afford to take some chalk. Yeah, I I do agree with you with uh, with Divine Armor. I I feel like I don't know. I I it seemed like we've only seen one day of results because only Friday's run, but it did it did seem like the the dirt was very fair. Uh, I I don't feel like we ever we saw any horses really just get out there and you know run on the front, put up ridiculous fractions, and everybody holds. Like that's why you got some pretty good prices, but I, I'm going to try to, I probably shouldn't do this because it, it didn't seem to be a winning strategy for me yesterday, but I am going to try to focus on the outside, especially with all of these, these speed horses, because it doesn't really matter. Honestly, if inside goes, well, you know, they're going to be able to get over to the rail. I do like the eight divine armor, but I'm also going to use uh dark Vader for Peter Yurton with uh, Ramon Vasquez. Up. I guess I'm just a Ramon Vasquez uh, guy. If Ramon Vasquez has a good day, I hit, I hit this pick five and it pays not like sex Island money, but like heavy, heavy petting peninsula kind of money, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's it. That is, that is the 10th race. And it brings us into 
the money leg, the last leg. Time to get paid, blow up like the world's trade. Race 11, it's another optional claimer, $80,000, mile and a 16th, on the turf. Uh, and tell me, what is going to have you saying this after the race? Pay that man his money. How you bringing it home, son? Man, this is a this is a very very tough race. Yep. Um, you know, I kind of looking through a lot of these races, I feel like we've been getting a ton of pace in here, and I'm just like gonna have egg all over my face when these these pace scenarios don't <laughs> don't play out. Uh, but you know, looking at this race, I kind of came up with three horses I was interested in. Um, one is an AE, which is the fourteen. Dendera, um, your boy Ramon Vasquez aboard uh, for yeah. John Sadler. Uh, you know this horse has been running in uh, in some you know kind of California uh, state bred um, turf or stakes races, uh, and now is kind of dropping in here into Open Company, but uh, Open Company for a optional claimer. Um, I have a note on the last uh, last race that ran into trouble. So, um, kind of going to, kind of going to kind of cross that race out, uh, even though it was, it was a pretty decent race coming back to the dirt though. Um, so I don't know, I'm going to kind of upgrade that based off the trouble, see if we get maybe a little, a little bit better of a ride with Ramon Vasquez aboard. Um, I mean the 12 ballet dance, ballet dancing for uh, our Umberto Rispoli and Simon Candle of hand. Ooh, man, I can't talk today. Um, and, uh, it's Callahan you know, spelled with a GH though, to be fair. I mean, that's going to throw anybody for a loop. That is true. I think I just drank my coffee too quick. Um, but, uh, yeah, Brandon, the grade three last time is dropping in class. Um, I think has the right run style for this, uh, this race is going to be sit kind of that pressing, um, stock, uh, pressing stocking trip. Um, well, actually probably not stocking, probably gonna be a little bit further back, maybe like f five, six lengths back. Um, and I just think that once again, there's it's going to be a kind of a contested and fast pace here. Um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of look at the horses coming off the pace. The 12, um, the 14 should kind of sit in that mid mid pack, assuming uh, they draw in. Um, and then the other horse, which was kind of a long shot, uh, and I wasn't really sure what to do, but I'm going to include it's the four Glenel uh, for uh, George Papa Papa Dromo again, um, and. Uh, you get Ryan Quartolo aboard, who is uh, kind of a, 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 I think he's a young jock, but he's kind of new on the scene. He's been, I think, mostly yeah. riding in uh, at Golden Gate. Uh, I, I want to say he was an apprentice. He's been an apprentice recently. I think he just got past it because he's carrying okay. the, right, the same amount, right amount of weight now. Gotcha. Uh, but I know he's like a, like a newish guy uh, in, in Southern California. He's mostly been riding in Northern California. Um, but I think that this horse is, if you go back to the maiden race, three back, um, horse got a hot pace and won, you know, and so this might just be one of those horses that kind of needs a um, needs a pace setup. And I mean, look at the owner, mm -hmm. Michael Ivron. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he's probably got some like fucking suit made out of some material that no one's ever heard of that he wants to wear at Del Mar. So he's probably yeah. putting this one in, you know, to to just show up with his fucking bare chest in there. So 
God, um, I, I love the hot talk that we get on Discord sometimes about who, what trainer is wearing what on on certain days. They're like, listen, Chad's wearing a suit today. It's a, mm-hmm. it's going to be a big Chad day. It's like, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'd like a like a birthday party to go to afterwards or something. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he's going to maybe maybe he caught mass on his way in. The, and we don't know. Oh man. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of like the four here. Uh, you're gonna get ten to one on the morning line, um, so a little bit of a longer shot. And I don't know why I, I thought this race was off the turf when I talked about the fourteen. But uh, yeah, the horse the horse ran well on the turf last time, and um, I think is it has a shot to improve uh, with no no trouble involved. So that's kind of why I looked at the fourteen. Uh, I misread my notes, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna do uh, fourteen, twelve, and four in that order. We'll see if the fourteen draws in. So I. This is one of those races, especially if you believe in Kieran speed points, you know, the Kieran speed run styles. Um, you take the quick pass through Brisnet and you're like, oh, so much pace. This is going to fall apart. I think it's it, trust, but verify with that. Go through and look at what these horses really do, because it's a, it's built built a little bit of an algorithm based on how many how many links they've stayed close to the front and everything. It's when they get that E uh, and that's how they get the, you know, the 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 number value with it. Um, I really don't feel like there's anybody who actually necessarily wants the lead. The one that I see that might go and take it is the number two, Isola Mia, Michael McCarthy, Florent Giroux. Here's what I think happens, though. Um, Florent Giroux maybe gets the lead and strangles this horse, and somebody else shows some initiative and takes the lead from him. So I'm going to play two speed horses. Um, The first one being... Annie Song, the five, with Emily Ellingwood up, getting the big weight break. Expect her to, even if Flo gets out and takes the lead, I expect her to make the middle move and keep passing and just keep running for the lead while Flo tries to strangle this horse and and rate it on the front. Uh, The next thing I was going to go with was, um, I don't know, I'm kind of interested in maybe then taking off off the pace horses after that. I, I really, this is just such a weird pace picture i don't even know i'm talking myself in circles with this pace picture so all right i'm going i'm gonna go with yeah yeah eh, i hmm, uh okay i'm gonna k- include Graceling uh gray i don't know much about howard zucker i do know that uh jersey Gibravo is up and people from jersey steal things plus it's got the blinkers on so i expect this horse to be a little bit more forwardly placed and then i will go ahead and i'm gonna include the off pace types with uh barrister's ride and then uh Rhea moon and ballet dancing so i'm like five deep here to to end it which is uh, a little bit thick for me a little bit thick yeah i like Rhea moon too Rhea moon's kind of got a similar run style to i think your your four horse i uh, was gonna be coming off the pace and it, it could just be could just be a better horse um so 10 would be one that i would also look at as well in the spot all right so we have to get the holographic Tupac back to the party city that we rented it from. Uh, but before we return him, go ahead, run run through your ticket real quick. Let us know uh, how you're, you're uh, going to play it. Oh, no. Just, yeah, go through. Recap. In summary and summation, Josh Rodriguez has... Uh, I'm going to use the one, the three, and the nine in race one. Race two... Uh, so race eight, I'm going to go ahead and uh, single the two Tis a Magician. The third leg, I'm going to use the nine Indian Peak. Um, and I may use the 12. I'm kind of back and forth. I don't really like using too many short price horses, but 
Um, I, I'll probably be convinced to use this 12. Um, race, the fourth leg, I'm going to use the nine most prominently, which is uh, Hail Freedom. Hmm. And then I'm going to use a little bit of the eight Divine Armor. And in the closing leg, I'm going to be most heavily through the 12 and the 14 with a little bit of the four. There we go. And while I give you there, I'm going to let you do the math. Not our strong suit. To total up how much that one costs. So for me, race seven, uh, I started off with uh, the one and the five, uh, Greg Dar and Rip City. Uh, next one, I'm, I'm single, uh, Haywoods Beach. Then in race nine, I was... Didn't write it down. That would have helped. Uh, let's see. I was a Gregorian Chant, Indian Pink Peak, uh, and Majestic Eagle. And then 10, I ended up on the 8 and 11, Divine Armor and Dark Vader. And last but not least, I was 5 deep, the 5, 6, 10, 11, 12. Josh, now you give me the results of your math so I can math now. Oh, no, I didn't math at all. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Um, listen, it. Those are our plays. It's going to cost some money. That's that's basically uh, you will have to pay money. That's going to be my disclaimer. Uh, listen, public schools failed both of us. We're sorry for that. But that is it for us on the Notorious OTV. This here wraps up Podcella 2022. I'm so happy that my friend Josh Rodriguez back on the show with me, so that we could we could do this again and just absolutely. Be ready to, you know, celebrate each other. How you doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. I hope you have a good day. Hope you have a better week. Mm, I hope your month is full of successful days and a lot of great ventures. I hope you just come up, brother. I hope your whole fucking year is spectacular. Oh, you. Josh, thanks for joining me, man. I, I love this guy to death. He's one of my oldest friends in horse racing. He's going to be back, and I'm going to keep being caffeinated so I'm not just like a fucking schlub when he's on <laughs> like he was in the first episode. Well, you know, when he was on the first episode. So, Josh, thanks a lot. Uh, do you want to plug anything with On the Wrong Lead uh, before yep. we go? So we stream uh, Thursdays and Saturdays, Thursday night and Saturday mornings uh, at wrong underscore lead on Twitter, youtube.com slash on the wrong lead. And uh, we're going to try and get some more articles and stuff up on on the wrong lead.com. Check them out. Uh, listen, I got my start with them. They are great guys. Uh, they are on the pod all the time. And that Caleb is easy on the eyes. So. Mm -hmm. That's it for the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us. Good luck at Del Mar.